I certainly am. Amen. Good to see you tonight. Good to be here. And uh, Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter number two. Uh, I got to find my glasses here. There they are. You know, my glasses have preached here more than I have. <laughs> if y'all weren't here last time, Brother Clay, when he was preaching, had to borrow my glasses while he was up here. And I had to chase him down through the parking lot to get those back. You know, but anyway, <laughs> always a pleasure to be here and pick on some folks and so forth. And, uh, you know, as a preacher, you always worry about, especially in Christmas season, you know, you want to come with, stay in the mood of the season and preach something about uh, the, this time of year and so forth, learn some lessons from it. And, and so Sunday I was preaching uh, out of town and uh, put together a message on Joseph. So I text pastor, I said, I, I don't want to trample on anything you're going to preach on, but I, I was thinking about Matthew chapter 1, verses 18, you know, perspective from Joseph, and he said, have you listened to Sunday's message yet? I didn't realize he had stole my message, so, <laughs> so I, had to, I had to move something else tonight. Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be, Luke chapter 2, and, and uh, John told me I had to be done in uh, about 7.15 or so, get out of here before the impending weather, I'm picking on you, John, you didn't tell me I had to be. You just strongly suggested it, but uh, <laughs> get out of here before the impending weather. But I got good news. I sat down there, looked up on the weather app. We have till like 10 before it gets here, so we got plenty of time. I'm just kidding. Luke chapter 2 is where we'll be, and, and just to give you the context, we're going to look at tonight what I just simply called this. It's kind of more of a devotional. Uh, uh, what can we learn from a shepherd? What can we learn from a shepherd? You ever think about that? Is there something we can learn from the shepherds? And uh, in our text, it's right after Jesus was born in verse number seven. And, and then we start to pick up uh, the shepherds and their, their calling. Now, to understand some context here, let's, let's think about shepherds in those days. Shepherds in those days were considered unlearned. They were considered uneducated and kind of common folk, if you would. And their, their job was to keep sheep, obviously, and it was not a very esteemed occupation uh, among the, the Jews. In fact, shepherds were, as a class of people, were really dis, disdained people. And they were viewed so low that, you know, they, 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 the historians write that they couldn't even be witnesses in court. You were forbidden to give them charity even. And while it's true... You can study through the Bible. God did reveal to some upper-class folks of society about his birth. You know the first one he came and revealed it to, though? Yeah, as we think about this, those wise, those, those, those shepherds, people, common folks, lowly shepherds, as the angels come and reveal that the birth of Christ has happened, and here he is, and tell them how to go. You know, if you think about that, I don't know about you or me, but the most important announcement in the history of mankind the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, was made to what most folks would consider insignificant people. Common, ordinary people. It gives me a little hope, because I don't know about you, every once in a while I just feel like I'm just insignificant, common, ordinary people. How about you? You know, I think if that's you, then you're in a good spot. Because that's the people God chooses to use. And we're going to see how he uses tonight these, these folks. He didn't go to Caesar. He didn't go to, uh, to King Herod's and angels to them, the men of power, the men of position. He didn't go to the Pharisees or the, the chief priest. He went to just the lowly shepherd. You know why? I believe they had the right heart to receive these news, that, that lowliness of mind and that, that is later talked about in the New Testament. And again, I think that should be an encouragement to us. And so here we go as we look here in uh, verse number 8. I want to look at this. What can we learn from these lowly shepherds? 
And so again, devotional thoughts tonight. I got a lot of points and uh, it'll be all right because there's not a lot in between them, amen? <laughs> it's a lot of devotional thoughts. I, I think it'll be a challenge to us though to learn, to learn tonight from scriptures. What can we learn from these lowly shepherds apply to our lives that would make us more effective Christians, more effective believers tomorrow and the days to come for the glory of God. And so let's read together tonight, beginning in verse number eight, Luke chapter two. The Bible says this, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go into, even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all that they, all that, I'm sorry, and all they that heard it wondered at these things, which were told them by the shepherds. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And as we, Lord, look at the rest of what you have for us through this text, I pray that you'd, Lord, you'd bind our attention a little bit. Lord, there's some, there's some thoughts here. There's some principles here in this text about these shepherds, I believe, that would make us more effective servants for you. Help us to learn from the shepherds tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look here, what would make us more effective? If we were like the shepherds, more effective for Christ, well, right, if you're taking notes, I got a bunch of them, so write this one down maybe. The first thing I saw as I went through the text was they served in their place. They served in their place. Look at verse number eight. Where does God find them? And the Bible says, and they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. You know where they found the shepherds? In the field doing exactly what shepherds are supposed to do. In other words, they were in their place. They were, they were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. They weren't trying to do someone else's job, right? They weren't neglecting their role. They were faithfully serving in their position and in their place. How many of you heard the old saying, the expression, stay in your lane? Anybody ever heard that? <laughs> That's what these shepherds were doing. They were staying in their lane. They were doing what they were supposed to do, exactly what they're called to do. You say, what's that got to do with me? Well, I told you a lot of devotional thoughts tonight, a little bit of preaching too. The truth is this, God has a role for all of us, doesn't he? Yeah. Every single one of us, God's got a position for a place for us to serve. And it would do us well to find what is God's place for me? What is God's position of service for my life? And then, and then get busy about serving the Father's business and be faithful in serving in our place. Did you know every, not every one of us could sing? Did y'all enjoy that song? That was beautiful, wasn't it? She just sang. And all the singing. I can't sing. How many of y'all can't sing? Some of you, I know, I sat around. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not all of us can sing. Not all of us can teach. Not all of us can preach. Not all of us can, can do everything. But I can tell you what, we can all do something, can't we? And God has a place and a position of service for each and every one of us. And the sooner we find God's place of service for our lives, I'm telling you, the sooner we can experience the pure blessing 
that comes with serving God right in the center of his will for your life. Can I, so I can encourage you tonight, hey, learn from the shepherds. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing, not doing. Find your place of service, faithfully serve in your place. And if we all did that, I'll tell you what, the church would never lack for help because God's got a place for every one of them. Let me ask you this. If God came looking for you, would he find you and had a message for you, would he find you in your place of service? He found the shepherds exactly where they were supposed to be in the field. What can we learn from a shepherd? Number one, they served in their place. Secondly, I wrote this down. They also feared God's presence. Look, what, look back at the Bible with me, verse number nine. The Bible says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. That word sore is a, an old King James word that means they were greatly afraid. They were, they were extremely afraid, if you would. And the Jews in particular, you study them, they, they had an extreme fear of the supernatural. That's why every time you see a messenger from God, you see an angel from God appear. What's the word? Two words. He always says first, especially when he showed up to the Jews. Y'all know what they are? Fear not. They had this supernatural fear, and, and they always said that. And, but let's be honest. If two angels from the Lord showed up and started pronouncing that message to you and me, I'd, I'd want to hear that too, wouldn't you? <laughs> Fear not. We can act as macho as we want, but I'll tell you what, I think if the, the glory of the Lord shone around us and the angel of the Lord came upon us, we, we would probably have to check ourselves, right? And maybe our britches too, right? And so, so they, they would say, Fear not. But here it said they were so afraid. It actually means, it, it, they, when it says afraid, it doesn't mean like they were afraid as in fearful. As in uh, uh, fearing violence or evil, or here it actually were the word afraid here means they were in awe, they were in reverential fear, they reverenced it. So here's what it had: they had a reverential fear of God's presence. He said, "What? Well, what can we learn from that?" Well, we need to get back to that. We we need to get back to that. It would do us good to get back to having a reverential fear of the Lord. I'm telling you, we've gotten a little loose. I like to have fun. Y'all like to have fun. I certainly do. But we've gotten a little loose with God. He's not just the man upstairs. Can I get an amen? He's a thrice holy God. Hey, we need to, we need to get back to looking. He's, 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 he's not just our buddy and our pal, and I'm thankful that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, but, and he's not just some genie in the bottle that we pull out when we need something. He is a God who wants to be part of every aspect of our lives. Isaiah got a glimpse of him. How about you know Isaiah chapter 6? And after he looked at him, you know what he said? Woe is me. Woe is me. That's a reverential fear of God. Not fearing God because I'm afraid he's going to do something to me. All respect, reverence towards a holy God. And here these shepherds had that same fear. God used them because they had a reverential fear of his presence. And if you want God to use you and me, and I certainly want him to use me, and I hope you want him to use you, then let's start viewing him as he really is. Huh. How do you view God? Do you have an awe of him? A reverential respect for God and reverence for God. What can we learn from a shepherd? Well, they were serving in their place. Hey, number two, they feared God's presence. Look at the third one with me here. Uh, I, I wrote this. I said they heard and they believed God's pronouncement. They heard and they believed God's pronouncement. Look with me at verse 10. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I don't know about you, but every time I see the word all, I like to circle it, underline it in my Bible. Because <laughs> there's, there's this, I won't get it lost in this because that's pastor's job, amen. But there's this movement out there that God didn't die for all people, right? 
Hey, thank God he did. Amen? Uh, especially those who believe he, the Bible tells us. He's the propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but the sins of the whole world, uh, John tells us. And I'm thankful for that wonderful truth. And, and so the Bible here says, And lo, the angel of the Lord, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, verse 10, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And, and so he lays out that pronouncement. Verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, saying, Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So the angels proclaimed God's message. Here's what happened. You know what they did? They listened. Pretty simple, isn't it? These shepherds listened. He said, well, what do you mean by that? Well, the, here he comes, the message of the birth of the Savior. Tells them where, the city of David. Tells them how he'll find him in those swaddling clothes. Tells them where they'll find him, laying there in that manger. Tells them that it's a message of goodwill. It's a message of peace. And you know what they did? They didn't ignore the message. They listened. How many of you consider yourself a good listener? Don't raise your hands, right? <laughs> we all struggle with that sometimes, don't we? I want to tell you... I, and I'm not picking on you guys because I'm not up here very often, but I've pastored a long time. And it's amazing what most people are doing. We check our Facebook more and we listen to the preacher sometimes. Hey, let's come focus on the Lord, right? Sometimes we're texting all through church and, and, and probably the thing God had just for you for that moment was when you were so distracted, not paying attention. They heard exactly what God had for them. And then... Because they were, they were paying attention. They were listening. And, but then they went on a little bit further. They didn't hear it. They believed it. Again, I wonder how many times we miss the message God has specifically for us. Because we aren't really listening. How many of you realize that it takes a, it's a skill to actually practice to be a better listener? Do y'all know you take, they, take, they have classes for that? <laughs> how to be a better listener? Uh, and uh, this will help you if you're going in school and anywhere else. Uh, there, there's, some, there's some little tricks and so forth. They, they, they'll teach you, like sitting straight up. <laughs> the Augusta Countyans, I know, we just slump, don't we? Uh, that's what we do. We just, lay it back. we just lay it back. Learning to maybe even lean slightly forward. That's attentive. You're, now you're getting more attentive in your midst. Making good eye contact. Focusing on what's being said, not thinking about whatever else is in your mind. We all have that stuff going on, right? Fighting through it, thinking about what, what was just said, what, what was that all about? And you can learn to be a better listener. By the way, it'll help your marriage. Can I get an amen something from somebody, right? <laughs> it'll help you be a better employee. It'll help you in every area of life. And it may even help you hear that very thing that God has for you because you're paying attention and you're learning to listen. Learning to listen, uh, that's what these, that's what these uh, uh, shepherds did. If you think about it, they heard exactly what God had for them. Do you know God's Word's a living Word? I'm thankful for that. It has the ability to change our lives. Uh, how many of y'all believe that? I, I think you do. You probably wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night, right? How many of you said God's Word has changed my life? Amen. What a great testimony. Amen. You know, it also has the power to keep us from messing up our lives. And then it has the power to tell us how to fix it once we did mess it up, if we did mess it up. I probably should say when we did mess it up instead of if, right? And, uh, 
You know, in 2 Timothy 3, 6, I love that verse. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That means God's word can help us learn what is right, and God's word can help us learn what isn't right, and God's word can help us learn how to get it right when we mess it up, and, and then how to stay right once we got it right again. And so listening, believing, hearing, all those are wonderful traits. to work. That's what these shepherds did. They heard, they listened, they heard, they believed, and, and, and so their faith was increased. In fact, that's one of the greatest ways to increase your faith. You ever struggle with faith? Listen to what the Bible says, Romans 10, 17. How many of you know that verse? So faith then cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Hey, increase your faith, work on your hearing, work on your listening. So God used those shepherds. He announced them first, the birth of his son, to them first, the birth of his son. Because I believe he knew they'd listen. I believe he knew they would hear and I believe he knew they would believe. So here's the question for us tonight. Could God trust us? with such a message to listen hear and believe it could he that's a great question isn't it what can we learn from the lowly shepherds they served in their place they feared God's presence they heard and believed God's pronouncement next I wrote this down they also obeyed God's precepts look at verse 15 so we just go right through the text the Bible says this and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let us go even unto Bethlehem. Why are they going to Bethlehem? Because they heard where he was going to be born, right? <laughs> they, and they believed it, obviously, because here they are now, they're going to go. They put it into action, in other words. And see this thing which has come to pass, and the Lord has made, made known unto us. So God had told them where to find the Savior. He told them what to look for. And they listened, they believed. Now comes the part where the rubber meets the road, right? The part where the, maybe in their days we should say it like this, where the, shoe, the sandal leather hits the trail. Notice what they did. They didn't just say, great message. They didn't say, praise the Lord, the Savior's born. They said, wait a minute, that message had something for us to do. And they obeyed and they went and they came to worship his son. They said, let us now go unto Bethlehem, verse 15, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. In other words, they didn't just hear, but they obeyed. And not only did they go, look at verse 16, I like this. It says this, and they made, or they came with, what's that next word? Haste. They came with haste. They didn't just decide to obey. They, in fact, they, they went right on. They didn't delay. They didn't ponder about it. They didn't, they didn't talk about it. They just got on instantly, completely obeyed exactly what God had told them to do, those angels had. No wonder God chose the shepherds to announce the birth of his son. Can I tell you? Listen. Figure out how I want to say it. One precept, one truth from the word of God heard and obeyed is better than just 500 heard only. Why don't you think about that? I agree, listen, I did not grow up saved. I, we don't have time tonight for long testimonies and all that stuff. I didn't grow up, I didn't get saved until I was 30 years old. Within a year after getting saved, I was preaching. Been preaching for the last 20 years since. Think about this. I didn't have that grounding in church my whole life. I didn't come knowing the Bible and and being able to quote verses. But I have met people who have been in church since they were about this tall, and they're, well, they're not that tall now, but they're older now. <laughs> They've been in church their whole life, and they could quote more scripture, but they don't live an ounce of it. 
They'll know more than I'll probably ever know with my late start. But they don't live it. I'm telling you, one precept from God, heard and obeyed is better than 500 just heard and known. Obeying it. Listen to what these guys did. I'm telling you, they took off immediately. They put shoe leather on it. They obeyed God's precept. They heard it. They believed it. They obeyed it. They did what God said to do. Now, how many of you have ever listened to a message and you thought, you know, especially one of those meddling messages preachers sometimes do? (laughs) And you thought, I wish so-and-so was here to hear that. You ever thought that? In fact, so-and-so might be in the room, and you're taking little sneak peeks over at them, see if they're listening, right? Guess what? While you're doing that, we've all done it, right? I've done it. While we're doing that, guess what? We might just miss what God had for us. You know, God's got something for us in every message. We pay attention, we listen, we hear, and he's got something. He doesn't want to just do that. He wants us then to obey whatever he has for us. Don't apply it to somebody else all the time. Apply it to yourself. And, and every message, I believe, has one of those. Uh, if every pastor, I believe, had one person out of every ten that comes out of their door that shakes their hands and said, good message preacher, that actually applied it, we'd change every town in this country. And uh, So here's the question for you. I've already asked you if you're a good listener. You say, oh, yeah, I listen good. I take notes, and that's why I believe in taking notes. Let me just show that out. I'm not pastor, but I'm going to just tell you I believe in taking notes. It helps you get it from here, back out, regurgitate it onto paper. helps you learn it, remember it, all that stuff. But even that does you no good if you don't what? Put shoe leather on it, all right? Apply it and obey it. And listen, I believe one, uh, anybody that does that uh, is light years ahead of those who don't. So how often... Do you obey what God shows you? How often do you obey what he shows you? What can we learn from these shepherds? Listen, they not only served in their place, they not only feared God's presence, they not only heard and obeyed God's pronouncement, they and obeyed his precepts. But I like verse 17. I put this, put this one this way. They experienced Christ personally. They experienced Christ personally. Look at verse 17. The Bible says and when they had seen it, when they had seen the Lord, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning the child. When they'd seen him, they came. They experienced firsthand the Lord. They saw him with their own two eyes. And, and, and I don't know if they got to hold him. The Bible doesn't give us all those details, but I, I'll tell you, they, they got to see the Savior with their own two eyes. Now, I know we physically can't do that today. Thank God one day we will. How many of y'all thankful for that? But we can personally experience him in our lives today. How many of y'all agree with that? I'm thankful we can. I have a major fear today for many in a church. A fear of profession without possession. So, uh, folks who've never experienced the real changing relationship uh, that comes with a relationship with the Lord. I'm not talking about, hey, have you re- repeated a prayer? I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about, have you been baptized? Hey, those are great things to do, especially being baptized after you trust. I'm asking, I'm talking about having a personal encounter with a real living Savior. You said, how do I do that? Well, that's why he came. Y'all know that? He came to seek and save that which is lost. And we, talk, we celebrate the birth of Christ this season, but I want to tell you, he didn't really come so much to be born. He came to be born so he could do his ultimate goal, and that was to go down a cross for our sins in our place. He bore our sins on his body on that tree so that we could receive his righteousness. What a business transaction. What a great deal. You ever made some good deals? That's the best deal you could ever make. 
Hey, he took my sins, and I get his righteousness if I put my trust in him. You say, well, how does that work? Well, I like how Jesus says it best. Mark 1, 15, he said, repent ye and believe the gospel. Repent ye and believe the gospel. I know it's a Wednesday night crowd, but hey, let's make sure we understand what all that means. You know what repent means? I know there's a lot of fancy definitions. Just look it up. It means change your mind. Change your mind. Repent. Change your mind. Ye, it's a good King James word for y'all. We understand that, right? You individually and all of us. Repent ye, change your mind, y'all, <laughs> and believe. Bible word believe doesn't just mean facts. Understand something intellectually, like George Washington's our first president. Here's what it means. It literally means put all of your weight and trust in, your full confidence in, just like you did in those chairs tonight. You know, when y'all sat down, y'all didn't sit down. Will it hold me? Y'all just flopped because you're from Augusta County, and by golly, that's what we do. Amen. <laughs> it was flopped. You had full 100% without even thinking about it, trust that that chair was going to hold you. That's the Bible word believe. Repent, change your mind, y'all, ye, y'all, all of us. Believe, put your full weight and trust. And Jesus said, in what? The gospel. He said, what's the gospel? Oh, the gospel is simply this. Paul put it this way, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 3. How that Christ, he said, in verse 1 he said this. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. In verse number two, he said this. He said, by which you're saved. So there's this message. The word gospel means good news. There's this good news message by which you're saved. You said, what is it? Well, verse three, he told us what it was in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the gospel is simply this. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, change your mind, repent. Believe, put your full weight and trust in the fact that I died for your sins, I was buried, and I rose again. Pretty simple, isn't it? Repent and believe in God. He said, how do I appropriate that? Well, Paul told us this, Romans 10 and verse number 9, he said, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, there's your gospel message, thou shalt be saved. Isn't that wonderful news? Hey, confess in the mouth, but more than that, I believe it where? In my heart. And I put my trust in him. That's how you have a personal encounter with, with Jesus Christ. That's how you experience Christ personally. And these shepherds had a, a physical, uh, personal encounter with Lord Jesus Christ. And wouldn't it be nice to know that the whole world had that? I think that's the most important thing out of this whole lesson we can learn about those shepherds. They got to experience Christ personally. Have you tonight? That's the question. Have you ever had a point, place, and time where you got to end of yourself and you turned and you put your trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. I didn't ask you if you're a member of a church. I didn't ask you if you gave money or if you've been in a baptistry. I said, have you ever had a time where you put your trust in Christ? You turned and put your trust in Him. Experience Him personally. Let's learn from the shepherds tonight. Then moving on, look what else I, I got. <laughs> One person said this, my sermons are like, like a fat man climbing through a barbed wire fence. Just a couple more points and I'll be through. Amen. <laughs> we got one more. There are two more, actually. Look at this one. What else did these shepherds do? Well, I wrote this. They told others about Christ persistently. They told others about Christ persistently. Look, we'll go verse 17 again. Look what it says. And when they had seen him, when they experienced him personally, look what they did next. They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. You know what they did? They became instant soul winners. And they didn't even take a soul winning class. <laughs> they had witnessed something wonderful and they wanted to tell everybody about it. 
The Savior was born. They, they made known abroad, the Bible says, about who he was. They, they, became, they instantly had a burden to tell others about Jesus. Hmm. How you doing there? It's the perfect season to do it. Hey, we can do it without even being really threatening right now, right? It's Christmas. Who have you talked to about Jesus? Now, who have you talked to about your Christmas tree up and your lights on? Meddling now, aren't you? Get your lights up, get your tree up. Why do we do all that? Who have you told about Jesus? That's what we're commanded to do, right? Go preach the gospel to every creature. That wasn't written just to preachers. Can I get an amen somewhere? Amen. <laughs> you wonder why God chose those lowly shepherds to announce his birth to? Huh. Wow. No wonder. Because they served in their place. They feared God's presence. They heard and believed God's pronouncements. They obeyed his precepts. They experienced him personally. And then they persistently went and told about him. Last one tonight and we're done. Look down with me, verse number 20. I just wrote this one. And I'm going to be as honest and transparent as I can be. This is my biggest struggle. Is they praised him passionately. They praised him passionately. Look what the Bible says in verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them, and was told unto them. They returned, glorifying and praising God. You know what? They didn't even have a praise band. <laughs> they had a mouth, a heart full of what they just saw, overflowing with abundance, wanting to tell everybody about, and they were glorifying and praising. You look those words up, it means to extol, to honor, to magnify, to celebrate. You know that's what God made us to do, is to glorify Him. Revelation 4.11 tells us, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. So here's the question. How often do you honestly give God praise? Let me rephrase it for me. How often do I honestly give God praise? I mean, I give him a little token thank you every day. Don't get me wrong, right? How often do we really praise? I love watching Brother Joe up here. You think he, you think he wasn't in a Baptist church, right? Y'all know that's pretty scriptural. Raising your hands. You know, it's pretty scriptural to say glory, hallelujah, and amen. And there are some scriptural things that we've kind of gotten out of. The Baptists used to shout, right? The Baptists used to, I know some of them go overboard and all that mess. I'm not talking about fake fire. I'm just talking about, hey, when you get filled up, it's okay, right? Raise a hand, say amen, elbow the person next to you, whatever. Just, just give him praise in the way, whatever, how God, however God made you to praise him. How many times do we hold that back? How many times have you in your life wanted to give a testimony about God's goodness in your life and you didn't? Who do you think put that in you to want to? Think the devil did that? No. Think the Holy Spirit was trying to nudge you to use your testimony as a, as a glory for our to give honor and glory to our Savior? You say, preacher, I just wasn't born that way. Well, get born again that way. Amen. We got to work on that. And I'm talking about me too. We got we got to be a little more expressive. I believe. I, I believe God, it honors God, and uh, it's not about us. We're not trying to draw attention to us, but let's honor Him with praise. 
The Bible says what we'll do in heaven. I like Revelation 5, 9. It said this, and they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tide, our tongue and people and nation. Every language group, every, every kindred, every tribe that's ever listen, we're going to gather around, we're going to praise God in heaven. He deserves it. So we might as well get to practicing now, because that's what we're going to be doing for an eternity. He deserves the praise, and we need to practice. So let's get, let's get business about that. Learn to praise him, and let's do it with a heart, from the heart, and let's do it passionately. Look at, those, look at them again, verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising. Could have just used one word, couldn't it? But it said glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them, as it was told unto them. I think it's pretty easy to see why the Lord selected some lowly shepherds, don't you? To announce his son's birth to. Let's be more like shepherds. Let's pray. Father, we sure do thank you tonight for your word. We sure do thank you for, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk and open up the word and share it. And, and Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me for those areas, especially that area of praise, Lord, where I fail you. Lord, help me be more expressive. Help, you deserve it. And why in the world would I be ever, ever embarrassed to do that? I can go to, uh, Lord, a football game and shout till my voice is done and, and yell and, 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 just, and just make noise and ridiculous things out of myself, but sometimes I can't do that for you. Lord, help me to be in that particular area, praise you more. But, Lord, there are so many other truths here that we all need to grasp hold of. Help us to be better listeners, Lord. Help us to be better obeyers. Help us be better hearers, better doers, Lord. Help us to, Lord, be better witnesses. And, Lord, most of all, if there's one here who's never come to you and put their trust in you, help them to know you personally, I pray. Thank you again for our time. Bless, Lord, our, our trips home and our time of prayer now. And, uh, Lord, we're expecting and believing for great things at that meeting that's happening right now. And, Lord, you already had that covered. And so... We just look forward to praising you when that comes through as well. And again, thank you most of all tonight, though, for this Christmas season as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Thank you for the reason he came, and that was to free us from our sins, to give us the opportunity to put our trust in him and to have our sins forgiven and to receive that free gift of eternal life. Lord, if you never do another thing for us, we got enough to praise you for for eternity. We honor you, we glorify you, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.